welcome to the C&D podcast. I'm Deputy Editor Grace Lewis. Following being crowned Online Initiative of the Year at the 2021 C&D Awards, I caught up with PharmaPlace CEO Romil Patel about how the online platform is helping pharmacies diversify their income streams and to hear about the team's expansion plans post-award win. did PharmaPlace start? Could you tell us a little bit about your background? Because you owned a bricks and mortar pharmacy before, did you? My background is actually investment banking, also running mining and oil and gas companies around the world. So it's actually completely away from pharmacies. However, my family have always owned pharmacies for the past 40 years. And I grew up in and around the pharmacy shop floor from a very young age. When it was school holidays for months or weeks, I'd be basically taken to the pharmacy, told to just entertain myself. I guess that's where I really got an understanding of the trade just over the years and it kind of rubbed off on me and why I eventually returned to it after I left banking. That's amazing. It's like a family history thing, but you didn't fancy going straight into following the family tradition of owning pharmacies and working in pharmacies. I kind of went down the kind of financial economist route as opposed to getting into kind of the medicine side and kind of where my career has just ended up is just being very entrepreneurial, business orientated and that's why a few years ago, I started helping the family in the pharmacy, kind of just before COVID hit. That's where I came up with the concept of PharmaPlace. So our pharmacy was 70% retail and only 30% scripts. So it's very different to how most pharmacies are. My family have always had very heavy retail pharmacies. And I saw how my parents were contacting and buying for more than you know, 200 different suppliers. It's a huge amount of work for them to find new and innovative products, get the accounts, and then order from so many sources. Because kind of almost gone is a day and age where you can basically just have your Colgate and Head and Shoulders and your basic goods. If people want that, they'll go to Tesco. They'll probably get those things online even cheaper. They kind of want something different from their retail these days. You know, suppliers are also pushing retailers to use their own websites for orders, which was very cumbersome for those who stock many brands. So I thought I'd build Farmer Place to bring as many of the top independent suppliers as I could to one site. What sort of suppliers are we looking at then? You're saying you, you provide products that perhaps you would see in, in the supermarket shelves or that the multiples would stock? Correct. So we don't have any of the products which you'd find in kind of the big wholesalers like you know AH and Alliance, kind of those more generic time you know, Johnson & Johnson type goods. We have over 160 brands on the site like Solgar, Biocare, Bioderma, Dr. Pawpaw, Beauty Pro. Things which are very heavily retail bought, but sometimes from the pharmacy elements, sometimes not, you know, from different type of retails or health stores or other places. They are all natural brands and products to sit within a pharmacy. And I guess the aim is to try and get pharmacies to have just better, more diverse range of products and brands to differentiate themselves from the big multiples and the supermarkets, because it's just difficult to impossible to compete on price with those type of products because they're such big buyers in volume of those items. And like you're saying, this is something that you've recognised when helping out your families during the pandemic. So was it difficult setting up a brand new business during, during like a global pandemic? Over the pandemic, there's been you know, in the UK the most businesses set up ever by individuals because as people have kind of come across ideas or maybe left their companies they're in and, and thought up different entrepreneurial ideas and, and services and, and products there was a bit of a learning curve in terms of how to build a tech platform you know it's basically just talking to people networking talking to technical development companies and you know 
what we were very good at in our pharmacy was to essentially, how is the best way to buy? What are the different ways of trying to do it fast, quickly, and efficiently? And I basically tried to build all those processes into the site where people can buy in very different ways, different views, favorites. You know, it's very kind of always making something retail to trade because the last thing pharmacies want to do is, for example, Solgar, they've got 450 different products. Pharmacies may stock 10, they may stock 100 different products. And you want to buy those as fast as possible. So we've got a number of different methods on the platform to do that very quickly. Like you could do an order in less than a minute, for example, which ordinarily on the phone or other avenues might take you half an hour or 45 minutes. So it's time saving as well as giving people access to brands. Okay. How big is the team now that you're working with? We're still a very small team. Basically, the whole site is very automated. So we just tried to make sure that everything happens very seamlessly from orders going through, payments being taken, invoices and statements. We have a tech team of three people. And then there's two of us who support the suppliers and the buyers. Nice. Okay. Oh, well, all the best things come in small packages. (laughs) So how did you initially go about approaching the suppliers in, in that case and kind of trying to build up the businesses? So a lot of suppliers we just know because obviously the family being in the business for you know for such a long time and having such big retail pharmacies, a lot of the suppliers knew my family anyway. So it was easy to contact them and say, look, this is what we're trying to do. Essentially, all the suppliers bought into, I guess, the ethos around PharmaPlace. We want to get pharmacies having different products, better products, things that differentiate themselves. And the suppliers, these independent suppliers, you know, those are their type of products. Obviously, through the pandemic, the pharmacies were the ones that stayed open. It was a natural avenue for brands to now target and say, look, this is the best place for us to be because they're open, but also because you have such intelligence in the pharmacy with medical counter staff, with the pharmacists, who if someone comes in with an issue, you know, maybe if they want antibiotics, they should have probiotics because it bounces out what the antibiotic does. If someone comes in with you know, different aches and pains and issues or tiredness or energy issues, it's not just giving them a drug because that has side effects, it has different issues, and you know, maybe they have different things they could try, you know, from vitamins or supplements or whatever it may be. So it's a natural place for these brands to be. They're just trying to look for a method of getting into pharmacies. Our platform, you know, they're kind of bought into the fact that we know the trade, We'll market out to the trade, bring pharmacies onto the platform. Hopefully they'll like the platform and use the platform and then see these different brands and develops into a beneficial ecosystem for the supplier and the buyer. I like the idea of sort of matching this or the OTC brand with the prescription drug, that idea of using that medical knowledge, but as well as the retail, which is where pharmacies have such a unique place in the market that they straddle both those spheres, don't they? You know, again, it's one of the things which I always say to pharmacies is, and the pharmacist, who's generally the owner, is they are the most expensive person in the pharmacy. They have the most knowledge out of you know most retail shops. They've got to do so much work and education to get to where they are. They have so much knowledge about the drugs and about the ailments and the issues that people have. Their place should be on the counter, actually, <laughs> not in the dispensary, just dispensing prescriptions because there's no added value there. But on the shop floor, they're behind, they're behind the counter. They're talking to the, the customer. The customers love hearing from the pharmacist. They love the advice the pharmacist gives because it's educated advice. And it becomes very simple for a pharmacist to say, look, if you know, instead of this drug or in addition to this drug, take this. 
And people are always willing to give it a go because health is important to everyone. It's, it's, it's just a key aspect of life. So it's the place a pharmacist should be. That's the best way to sell products that are beneficial for the consumer. Yeah, amazing way of looking at it. And I suppose as much as you have such a connection and a family bond to, to pharmacy, having that sort of outside knowledge, being in a history of investment banking and, and things like that, you could come in and go, actually, there's a gap here. There is a <laughs> big issue. I want to get these people with all the knowledge and all the education out onto the shop floor. So we're going to make that transition easy for them. You know, we had the pharmacists who stayed behind the counter because we had such great medical counter staff who did all the advising and, and kind of linking you know, people's issues to brands. We actually, for two weeks, hired a pharmacist to stand on the shop floor just to see what would happen. So he had his coat on, his badge, stood on the shop floor, not behind the counter, would just approach customers and say, you know, how can I help you as, as they were looking around the shop? And, you know, our till revenues were up a £1,000 a day just from him being on the shop floor. And obviously he had products to recommend because it was such a diverse shop in terms of brands. But there was always something there for him to advise a customer to buy. And they would buy it and, you know, they'd come to one of us and say, you know, who is this new person on the shop floor? It's amazing the advice we're getting. So yeah. suddenly you have this massive added value. You have customers who are genuinely happy about what they're getting from the pharmacy over and above, you know what, I'm just going to go online and, and buy my stuff online which is obviously another big issue facing all retailers today. So it has to be a point of differentiation, not just what you have in the pharmacy, but what they need. Which branch was that that you did that experiment? So we did it in Hillcrest Pharmacy, which is in Notting Hill Gate in London. So is that something you've, you've kept on? I mean, obviously, it's quite a luxury to have two pharmacists uh, <laughs> these days. Um, it, was, it was kind of an experiment just to see how it goes. My parents are 70 now. We sold the shop last year to kind of a new family who took over the business. I'm concentrated on running Pharma Place. Now 550 buyers on it in pharmacies, it's a lot of work in itself. So I've kind of now shifted away from the bricks and mortar. Obviously the parents' generation have now all kind of retiring. So all the pharmacies have now just been finally sold. And um, my main focus is you know, helping other pharmacies and other pharmacists. A lot of our listeners to, the, to this podcast will already be aware of Pharma Place. And, and I think even some of the judges were commenting, oh, yeah, no, we've, we've used that and that sort of thing. So how did you go about kind of spreading the word and, and using contacts that you have through the family business already? But how have you got the word out that this is where you can come for, to ease that sort of OTC offering? So obviously launching a business is, is very difficult. When you're B2B, it's also even more difficult because um, you know social media channels and these things don't really help you. You know, obviously, we did know a lot of pharmacies, a lot of the London pharmacies you know, very quickly have gravitated towards a platform because they sell a lot of these type of goods. And from there, it's just kind of branched off as to, you know, people have been happy with the platform. There are sort of messaging groups between pharmacy owners. They have friends, other family members, and just word of mouth kind of spreads heavily. Yeah. We also send out a catalogue to 9,000 independent pharmacies across the UK. And that obviously tells people the type of things we have on the site, how different it is. And that also leads to people signing up. But I think just the main one is word of mouth. Mm. So if people are happy with something, they will tell others about it. And um, you know, I'm very grateful for that. And it's a very small trade. A lot of people know everyone else. 
and the pharmacies have been very supportive. So that's it's been a great thing. And that's smart to tap into them because you're, you're right. There's so many little uh, forums and groups and Telegram groups. Yeah. So as soon as you 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 uh, you please one of them, you can you can start spreading the word. So um, yeah, very smart. Okay. Have you got any plans for the future? Of that? Are you just sort of keeping up with the demand at the moment? I mean, think when you submitted your awards entry, we were at 300. So that's a massive leap to 550 members. It's just impressive. Well done. The main focus on in terms of farm place kind of in the future is it's also getting more brands on. So, you know, we are picky about who we bring on. We don't just let just every brand who just contacts us come onto the site because merchandising in pharmacies is another big issue. You can't just stick two items on a shelf in the middle of everything else and hope it sells. You know, you try and want to get brands which have a good range. They look nice on the shelves. They have something different about them. Maybe they're natural, they're organic. They just stand out to the consumer in some way. So we're quite picky on who we take on, but we're always looking for good new suppliers or brands to bring to the site that are kind of fresh and innovative. And then obviously we, we you know, want to expand the amount of pharmacies we have on board. I mean, we're a free platform, so we don't charge pharmacies anything. We don't add any margins on. So the amount we make is very small. <laughs> so we kind of look to volume to kind of ensure that we kind of make some money and we have something to grow from all of this. And, you know, it's about obviously providing a good service and helping pharmacies change. So there's a lot of my parents' generation, call it, who are selling the pharmacies and kind of taking now the opportunity to retire, have a better, you know, less stressful life than being in the shop seven days a week. And there's a whole new generation of young pharmacy owners who are coming in buying the pharmacies. One of the issues in the industry is as a pre-reg, they generally don't get much experience on the counters dealing with the customers and even just business advice and help They're trained just to be the pharmacist in the dispensary doing the prescriptions in that kind of niche area so we have a lot of young pharmacy owners who join the site see all these brands and go look we know we need to do something but what do we do if they're relatively local um, i'll go and see them go to their shop and give them some advice if they're not i'll say look can you send me some videos of your shelves and how your pharmacy looks and you know, I'll, I'll give them a seven-page <laughs> Word document as to things they should do. I mean, a classic example is you go to most pharmacies, to the till. That's like your most key area to sell something. And pharmacies will have cough pastels and fishermen's friends, which are not really pick-up-and-go items. If you've got a cough, you'll find those items in the pharmacy. If you go to Tesco, you'll have chocolates and those kind of crisps or something which is like, you know, impulse buy. I want that. I'm going to buy it. So we tell pharmacists, like one of the most basic thing is around your counter, put things which people will just go, oh, that's interesting. Like a, it could be a Dr. Pulper lip balm. It could be a Beauty Pro face mask, which is just, a, oh, let me try one of these. Because the things which people require, like a cough pastel they will find it in the pharmacy, but they won't necessarily go out and find some luxurious type product or something which they don't require for their health, but it's nice to have. So how the shop is laid out, where the things are, what they're next to, maybe some aesthetic areas of the shop. Again, these things have kind of just rubbed off of me naturally from what my parents have done. Those NHS margins are just reducing constantly every year. They're never going to go up because it's just a pressure on the financial budgets of the government. And they have to find other ways. And that's, that is services. That's a clear other one. But 50 to 70% of the shop is generally the retail element. So let's maximize it. 
There's a lot of historic turning your nose up at that whole idea that pharmacies are also retail operations. And, and I, I know there's some sort of old school thinking that they don't even like calling it a shop because it kind of gives out the different impression they're there for their patients. They want to be the, their healthcare providers on the high street. So, yeah, younger generation. But there's also that realisation that it's, you've got to run a business at the same time. And if the margins are, are not there, it's diversing, diversifying your portfolio. But if, if you think there's, I mean, there's two aspects, there's, first, everyone has to pay rent and rates. These yeah. are huge costs on your <laughs> for your premises. And if, again, a large portion of your shop is this retail part of it, then you really need to maximize it because, you know, if you just allocate the rent and rates of that portion of your shop, it's, it's an expensive area to maintain. Mm-hmm. So you have to maximize your revenues from that. Every shelf space is value. You know, you do have a lot of pharmacies who say, well, look in that area, these things just don't sell. You know, products don't sell. But the consumer is buying products from somewhere. <laughs> they are buying vitamins. They're buying health products. They're buying beauty products. These things are flying online. or They're flying out of health stores or boots. Boots are now changing their shops to be much more glamorous with huge amounts of brands because that's where they see the shift of consumer market going. You know, if your shop just has your generic goods, people just expect to find that in your pharmacy and maybe your retail won't be so strong. But if you have a much more eclectic range, independent brands, different things, things which people go and say, oh, I wonder what this is or what is this? And I'm used to now finding some interesting products in my pharmacy. They will come to the pharmacy to buy those products. It is a shift in perception, both internally required from the pharmacy and externally. You know, I've helped young pharmacy owners who kind of made changes to their shops. And post-COVID, their footfall has increased significantly. They're spending more time outside the pharmacy. Their revenues are up 30% still post-COVID. They're ignoring COVID testing. So they've really seen the benefits to kind of changing the way they manage the pharmacy and deal with what's in it. And there's something in the fact that you're saying the dispensary is fine, know what they're doing there. If they manage to get their retail offering sorted as well they don't have to think about that they can then focus on those services and those health driven activities the whole reason that they become a pharmacist is to channel health and to 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 help patients so there's a point of uh, kind of ticking those boxes so that you can focus on what you really want to do and what to want to achieve but pharmacies are businesses at the end of the day as well and that's where we kind of come from it's um you know they're there to you know be viable businesses to stay afloat to help the 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 you know, the consumers in their area, and it does involve them making money and being standalone operations. So the NHS is important. It's the prescriptions. They're very good at that. And then you just have to look at what are the other areas you can build your business in. And it is a retail. It is a services just to maximize their offering to the consumer to keep that consumer coming to them mm-hmm. and not losing to online pharmacies, you know, online prescription providers, you know, online retail sellers. Because the high street will get tougher. It'll only get tougher over time. But pharmacies do have this wonderful aspect of this permanent footfall of people loving going to pharmacies and getting advice and getting their prescriptions and talking to someone about them. It feeds into the whole deprescribing situation and AMR and things like that. So, yeah, I think it is, it's probably giving people a kick up the backside, if I say <laughs> insane. <laughs> You are a business as well as a, a, 
a health portal or frontline of health. So yeah, completely get what you're achieving. So congratulations. I'm assuming obviously you, you charge the suppliers to, to join the pharma place. We just take the charge from the supplier. Yeah. They're not allowed to pass on any costs that we charge them to the to the pharmacy. You know, again, I believe in the trade. I want pharmacies to to have what we have in terms of the you know the products and the benefits that brings for the consumer. And so I didn't want to have any costs for the pharmacy owner because I want them to feel like, you know, if I want to do something, this is a platform to do it with. You know, this is a tool and I'm not going to suddenly have these sneaky fees or margins or costs. So, yeah, we charge a supply, but they uh, contractually shouldn't be or, and they do not put prices up because of that. And then in terms of these consultations that you're um, you're providing the free advice and, and stuff like that, it, there must be some way that you, you can get some return on the investment of your, your hard work as well. I mean, it can't all be free forever. No, but look, it's it's more that, again, it's, you deal with such nice people, I don't mind helping them because it becomes very you know, family friendly in a sense. Uh, you know, p- people call up and just say, you know, what do we do about this? What can we do about this? Or, you know, even during COVID, obviously the COVID testing was a huge boom for pharmacies. So we basically went out actively to find, okay, which are the best providers from a quality perspective, from a price perspective, so they could pass on, in a sense, the best price to the consumer. And where I think we had a huge amount of work and help to pharmacies was the regulation, because by this point, there was massive amounts of regulation. The DHSC and the government was saying, pharmacies, if you sell or if anyone sells a COVID test, you have to do all its forms. You'd be on this website. You've got to do this. And pharmacists were just like, don't know what to do. I'm too busy to work out mm-hmm. these all these emails and regulations. So we were basically spent a lot of time helping a lot of pharmacies with the forms, what they have to do, um, you know, how to send the right side of the regulation. And that service doesn't make us any money, but it helps the pharmacy in terms of providing the service and offering these things to the consumer. And then hopefully the pharmacies remember us and you know, continue to buy from us in the future because they've got good advice and good help. Yeah, there's something about building that reputation and the sort of odd favour and returns in the future. If you're nice to people, hopefully they're nice back to you. Okay, how would you say winning a C&D award has helped, obviously, in terms of maybe getting your name out there a little bit or is it, is it a nice recognition? Look, it was a great honour to win the CND 2021 Online Initiative Year Award. Um, I mean, you can see the banner splashed across our homepage ever since we won the award. It's a great award to win. It's, it's a huge award ceremony. It's CND are heavily recognised. You know, every pharmacy uses them. And for us as a new business, it's helped us achieve credibility as a platform for use in the industry. And, you know, we had a lot of pharmacies emailing us and calling congratulations to the award. So obviously the recognition is huge. You know, we are new. You know, people, you know, I've often asked us, you know, where, where did you come from? How long have you been going? Because they've never heard of us before. You know, kind of obviously seeing that CND recognised us in some way just provides people a bit of comfort. So, you know, amazing to win the awards, very happy with it. And um, you know, I'd always encourage people to, again, whether it's this category or another category, you know, definitely go for it because it's, it's wonderful for us. It's wonderful for teams in pharmacies. It's wonderful for the pharmacy if they win it. Because you know, who doesn't like being recognised and winning an award? <laughs> That's a lovely way of thinking about it. And hopefully this podcast recording as well will only spread the word and give people a little bit of taste of how new you are, but how fast you've grown and all for good reasons. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Was there anything else that you were kind of keen to plug about Farmer Place or your plans for the future before we wrap up? Pharmacies ask us about brands and what works, what doesn't work. You know, obviously we are heading into a very tough retail environment with cost of living. And you know, our focus is on finding good independent suppliers who have affordable items for the consumer. We kind of sent out a mail or just say, look, I mean, it is tough out there. We can see all the economic information saying, you know, retail sales are, are basically going into reverse. And it's about finding those products which people go, okay, look, you know, I do need this vitamin supplement or health item and it's within my budget. So it's about kind of also changing the pharmacy slightly now to have those items, which are good quality, but affordable. That's something we're also looking out for in terms of brands and saying to pharmacies, that's just trying to change how your retail element is to what the consumer market and what's going on in the world today. Thank you so much for your time today, Ramal, and I wish you all the luck for the future. was Romil Patel, CEO of Pharma Place, talking about what went into his organisation being crowned Online Initiative of the Year at the 2021 c Awards. If you think you or your pharmacy team deserve to be crowned c Award winner, check out this year's categories on the c website and enter today.